Welcome to this podcast message from Kingdom Faith Church. This message is by Colin Urquhart. Now, for the benefit of, of people who were not able to be here this morning, uh, I just want to explain this chart for you, if you can see it from where you are, uh, because it will help us to understand what God is going to do uh, amongst us tonight. I'm excited. Anybody else excited? Oh, it's getting more and more exciting, isn't it? Here is the life of your human spirit that was brought to life by the Holy Spirit when you were born again. This is the life of your soul, your natural soul, and your body. And what we were talking about this morning, uh, you can download the message. I'm not going to repeat the whole thing. But the Holy Spirit, Jesus says does not speak anything from himself. And what the Holy Spirit really does is he takes the glorified Christ and reveals him to us. The life of the glorified Christ gets channeled into our spirits by the Holy Spirit. God is spirit, and so the only way that he communicates with us is by the spirit, not by the soul or by the body, but by the spirit. So he is the spirit of the glorified Christ. So we receive a greater and greater revelation of him and therefore of the kingdom of heaven because he's ruling in heaven as well as living in us by the power of his spirit. So the life of heaven is channeled into our lives by the Holy Spirit in order that the love of the Father Uh, because the Father and the Son are one, that the love of the Father may also be channeled into us. So the Holy Spirit takes all this life of heaven, the glorified Christ, the rule and the reign of heaven, all the riches of heaven, every spiritual blessing in heavenly places, all the love and the power of the Father, and makes this all known to us in our experience. And of course, this is where... We need to develop a a healthy relationship with the Holy Spirit. We talked, didn't we, in an earlier session about what it meant, was that last night, about living in fellowship with the Holy Spirit. I don't know, one meeting goes into another. (laughs) But what it means to live in fellowship with the Holy Spirit so that all this we download and we keep downloading every day because of our relationship with the Lord so that more and more of the life of heaven impacts our soul, flows out of our bodies, as Jesus said, as rivers of living water. And that produces the harvest. And what we saw this morning is that if we want to see the harvest, then we need more of this to be downloaded through our lives. That, you know, what we see now is good, but we see a sort of a trickle of people coming into the kingdom. If we're going to see harvest, it's because the power of the Spirit has taken hold of us to a greater degree than we see at present. More of the glorified Christ, more of the life of the kingdom of heaven, more of the life and love and the power of the Father is impacting our lives. And we saw that the key, therefore, to that happening are two things. Faith, believing that this is the inheritance we have 
because it's what the word of God declares, but also the surrendering of our souls to the Holy Spirit so that we bring our soul life, our natural life, under the dominion, under the influence and power of the Holy Spirit working through our spirit. So the more we surrender to him, the more of that life, the more we believe, the more of that life will flood through our spirits, through our souls, and out of our bodies. Right, now turn to Luke chapter 14. When Jesus talked about all this, what goes on in heaven, in the glory of God, he, regard, he, re, he referred to it, he called it a feast. And uh, there are various occasions when he talked about the feast that there is in the kingdom of heaven. And we're going to look at just part of what he said. We read from verse 15 of chapter 14 of Luke. When one of those at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, blessed is the man who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. Jesus replied, a certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servants to tell those who had been invited, come, for everything is ready. Now let me just pause there. The reason why we're looking at this scripture tonight is because God said to me when I was praying, preparing this afternoon, he said, everything is ready. I've been getting you ready and everything is ready for what I want to do. Don't get too excited because... Okay, so come for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. Now, why was that? Because they were living at the soulish level, not in the spirit. So they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I have just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. The field, his property, was more important to him than the feast. Another said, I have just bought five yoke of oxen. Now, in the time of Jesus, you were wealthy if you had one ox. To have five yoke of oxen, you were extremely wealthy. And I'm on my way to try to please, uh, to, to try them out. Please excuse me. So all his wealth to him was more important than the feast. 
Still another said, I have just got married, so I cannot come. His wife, his marriage, was more important to him than the feast. The servant came back and reported this to the master. Then the owner of the house became angry. Now, it's quite obvious that the owner of the house represents the Lord. So he's angry at the way people are making excuses to avoid the feast that he has prepared for them. So he ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind and the lame. If those for whom I've prepared the feast are not ready to come into the feast, go and find anybody. Doesn't matter how poor, how needy they are, but anybody who wants the feast. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and country lanes and make them come in so that my house will be full. It was going to be so costly for God to make this feast available. It was going to require the death of his son. That he wanted the feast to be full. It wasn't even difficult for people to enter the feast because they'd been invited. If you have a social occasion, a wedding, for example, you send out invitations. And if you have an invitation that gives you the right to be present at the wedding banquet. So Jesus is saying that God issues this invitation. Once you receive the invitation, you have the right to the feast. So then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and the country lanes and make them come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those men who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. In other words, those that made excuses, those who counted something else in their natural life, their soul life, as more important than the feast, they wouldn't enter it. So the feast had to be more important than anything else to those who were invited. Large crowds were traveling with Jesus and turning to them, he said, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, his wife and children, 
his brothers and sisters, yet even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Now the Greek word translated hate there, missio. In this context, and in several other contexts in the New Testament, it doesn't mean to hate, to have negative, venomous attitudes. It means to prefer something, something else, to prefer something else. John, in his, his um, <clears throat> first letter, says that anyone who hates his brother does not know God. In other words, anybody who considers himself more important than his brother doesn't really know and understand the Lord. So here, Jesus is saying, perhaps the easiest way to translate it is to prefer. So what he's saying is, if anyone comes to me and prefers his father or mother, his wife and children, his brothers and sisters, even his own life, he can't be my disciple. The only ones who can be my disciples are those who prefer me above everything else and everyone else. I have prepared the feast for them. And I issue the invitation that they can come and enjoy the feast. So there's a certain cost to that. We have to be sure about our priorities. Because you see, if Jesus Christ, the glorified Christ, is to rule and reign in our lives, he has to be first. We have to put him first. Above everything else, above everyone else. If we prefer anyone or anything to Jesus, we're not fit for the kingdom. And we cannot be his disciples. Says Jesus. It's gone very quiet. Verse 27, and anyone who does not carry his cross Lose your soul, we've seen that's what that means, and follow me cannot be my disciple. Hmm. So there's a cost. So then Jesus says this, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Now, commonly they built a watchtower in vineyards and olive groves and places like that. And they were quite high so that you could have a view over the whole landscape. So suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Will he not first sit down and estimate the cost 
to see that he has enough money to complete it. For if he lays the foundation and is not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule him, saying, this fellow began to build and was not able to finish. So it's not just having a desire for the feast. There's a cost to being a disciple. And Jesus is saying, you have to face that cost because it's going to involve putting him first, even above your own life. It has to be above your own soul life, natural life, or you cannot be his disciple. Verse 31, or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king, Will he not sit down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? If he is not able, he will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. Jesus explains what he means in the next verse. In the same way, any of you who does not give, give up Everything he has cannot be my disciple. I didn't write this. I'm reading what Jesus said. So... <clears throat> God puts before us two alternatives. The feast, because we want to live as his disciples. Or nothing. Not able to follow him not able to be his disciples. It would seem wisdom, therefore, to opt for the feast. And actually, to go to a feast is not a very difficult thing. It's not a very onerous thing. It's a wonderful thing. To be invited to the feast. But Jesus is simply saying the feast is for those who are ready to be my disciples. Yeah, go out into the highways, byways, find them. Because what was the commission that he gave to the disciples before he went? return to heaven go into all the world and make disciples why because I want them to enjoy my eternal feast I'll be there 
God wants the best for you. He wants you to enjoy the feast. But you see, the great thing is this. We are already co-heirs with Christ. So we don't have to wait until we die physically before we begin to enjoy the feast, before we enter into the feast. The way is open now. You remember the prodigal son, when he returned to the father, the father took him into the feast. The older brother was full of pride and self-righteousness. He refused to go into the feast. He was like these people that were invited, but they made excuses. He actually said, I'm not coming into the feast. And he was critical of his brother, who the father had taken into the feast. In fact, he was putting the feast on for his benefit. This, my son, was lost, but he's found again. He's dead, but he's alive again. Which shows, you see, that the feast is not for those that have lived perfect lives, but for those who trust in the mercy and the grace of God. Those who are humble and repent, not like the proud and the self-righteous, religious attitudes of the older brother. So God has poured his spirit into our spirits so we can begin to download and experience the feast. And I was talking to students this morning about some of our experience of revival and how that is really, revival is living in the feast. And what you see is God really doing so much. It's, it's simply absolutely wonderful. There's a cost to it because, you know, Jesus does sort of take over. But, but, I mean, the cost, you don't even think about the cost because the blessings are so immense. They're so great. They're so wonderful. And all the things that you see God doing are just so magnificent. You don't even notice the cost. And of course, when the feast, when we're living in the feast in the way that God intends now, then there's going to be harvest. There's going to be multiplication. Why? Because the feast is the life, the authority, the power of heaven filling our lives. And Jesus said, didn't he, the kingdom of God is not over here or over there, but the kingdom is within you. So as I've been saying all week, we have decisions to make. Decisions are important because they open the way for what God will then do in our lives. The decision has to be backed up by working the decision out in practice but you won't work it out in practice if you don't first make the decision. 
So as we look at this scripture this evening, we can see the decision is this. I'm deciding to accept Jesus' invitation to the feast. So therefore, I acknowledge that to me the feast is more important than my wife, than my children, than all my relationships. The feast is even more important to me than my own life. Because I want to be a disciple who can radiate something of the life of the feast in my life. As we, as we saw in a previous session, all the working of the Holy Spirit in our lives, all the way in which he reveals himself to us and in us and through us, is not for us, but it's for the common good, for the good of all the others around us. We benefit, of course, but everything he does within us is for the good of others. Why? Because we love them instead of hating them. We love them because we prefer them to ourselves. And you can see that that's what Jesus meant when he was talking to the disciples. You are to love one another as I have loved you. There is no greater love than this, that a man lays down his life for his friends. He prefers his friends to himself. Why? Because the invitation to the feast is for those who love the Lord And love others more than they love themselves. Did I come to the right address this evening? We've been having such a great time. Is this a damp squid? No, 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 no. Because we're going into the feast. In these coming days and weeks, we're going to go into the feast. We believe the whole of kingdom faith is going to go into the feast. Camp this year is going to be a feast. But all that depends upon what we allow the Spirit to do, what we desire the Spirit to do, with what we are prepared to give him the space and the room to do in our lives. When I was talking to you this morning about, you know, what it means to really seek God for revival, you can see that what God was doing was bringing us really to the end of ourselves so that we were so submitted to him, he could move in and really, well, take over. I don't know how else to put it because he does. That's what revival is. You live in revival when you let God take over. And that's wonderful. I suppose it's 
it is really the nearest you can get to living in heaven on earth. And you see, the revivalists, take Watchman Nee for example, he says that God's purpose is for every church everywhere to be living in constant revival. That's God's purpose. And he said that is the life of the normal Christian church. But most churches are living a subnormal Christian life. Because that's not what they see happening. It's not what they're experiencing. But we want a normal Christian life. <laughs> we, we want what God wants. And so we're ready to go after God. To make ourselves available to him in whatever way is necessary. In order that we may enjoy the feast. But not regarding that as a selfish end in itself, but so that our lives will produce a harvest. And we saw at the beginning of the week, didn't we, that there's only one way in Scripture, there is only one way for harvest to happen. And that is by the seed of our life falling into the ground and dying. That's the only way harvest can happen. No other way. The only way that Jesus could produce a harvest for the kingdom of God was by the seed of his life falling into the ground and dying. And he said, you know, if your life is like a seed and while, until it is sown, it is just alone. It's just a seed. But when the seed falls into the ground and dies, then it can produce a harvest. 30, 60, 100 fold. So that's why, you know, God has been talking to us about what it means to lose the soul and, and so on, to be crucified with Christ so that now we share in his risen, glorified, victorious life. That's the life of the feast. But you see, God doesn't want us to have just little bits of victory here and there. He wants, us, he wants to lead us in his triumphant procession. If he's leading us in his triumphant procession, we're walking in victory all the time. We don't just get the occasional victory, but we have victory on a daily basis. We are overcoming or really the power of the Holy Spirit within our lives is overcoming. So all this is wonderful, but it's just a dream until we put our lives in God's way for him to work it in us. Because you can't work it in yourself. There's nothing we can do to create the harvest except Turn our lives over to God. And he's been taking us through a process during these few days where that has been happening increasingly. And you know the, the joy and the power of the prayer and the praise 
continues to increase because the more real that co-crucifixion with Christ, the more of the risen, glorified life gets reflected in our lives. But God doesn't want us to go through a process of dying. He wants us to understand that what he did when he went to the cross was to crucify us with him so that we have died and our lives are now hidden with Christ in God. Do you remember that's the scripture we had at the beginning of this week? And I said, that is the key scripture for this week. So God brings us back to it now. You have died with Christ. And your life is, is where? It's hidden with Christ in God in heavenly places. What does the scripture say? That he sees us seated with him in heavenly places. But you see, this has to become reality in our experience. It's not a piece of theology. It's not simply a revelation in the Bible. God is talking about what is to happen in our experience. That because we have died and our lives are now hidden with Christ in God, seated in heavenly places. He wants all that downloaded and expressed in our lives. Jesus says that will happen when you prefer me above everything else and everyone else, even your own life. So that's a decision. It's not a feeling, it's not an experience, it's a decision. Do I decide to prefer Jesus above everything and everyone else? Now, God knows our hearts, so he knows whether this will be a decision of the heart or just something we say because we've heard a message like this and think, well, that's the right response to the message. Well, that ain't going to work if that's all we do because God discerns the motives and intentions and desires of the heart. What you learn in experience, of course, is if you prefer God above your wife, that blesses your marriage. If you prefer God above your children, that blesses your children. Actually, to put your marriage before God or your children before God 
is probably the worst thing you could do because you're going to deprive them of the blessings of the feast that they could receive through you as the husband or wife or through the parent. The more of the feast that gets expressed in our lives, the more we become a blessing to all those around us, especially those that are close to us. Why? Because we prefer them to ourselves. If we prefer God above all, we also, you see, prefer others above ourselves. So they're going to be blessed. They're all going to be blessed. They're all going to be enriched by the feast. So I was showing some of you this morning that you could have a relatively small group of people. I mean, we were, I suppose, a community about half the number of people that are here tonight. And yet, you see, as a result of what God did amongst us, we saw thousands of people saved, healed, filled with the Spirit, Harvest. As I was explaining to you, sometimes as many as a thousand a week in the missions that we were taking. So it's just understanding that we no longer live for ourselves. We live for Him, we live for others. That's freedom. Because you see, Jesus died to set you free from sin. To set you free from Satan's power. Set you free from Satan. But also, to set you free from yourself. And for most Christians, that's the one thing they've never been set free from. They're still living for themselves. And they want Jesus to bless them and to do this and that and the other for them. Their prayer is even, help me. And God says, what? I don't want to help you. I want to replace you. You see, if your prayer is, help me, you're still doing it. And he isn't doing it. Help me and say, help me in my soul life, Lord, to obey or to do whatever needs to be done. And he's saying, no, 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 you, you, haven't, you haven't understood. It's not you, it's Christ in you. So because it's Christ in you, you prefer him above everything and everyone. Now, beloved, you've received your invitation. You can't pretend you haven't received it. So, for the rest of your life, God wants you to have a feast. So it's worth, you know, the prayer and the seeking him and all that he's been doing in our lives now. It's worth it, isn't it? For a lifetime, lived in the feast. So 
Some of you look happy about it, others are thinking about it still. Uh-huh. Now, of course, when he called you, when he chose you, this is what God had in mind for you. You may not have realized that right at the beginning, although, you know, I've told you before, I used to bring people, before I brought people to the Lord, I would, I would tell them all this stuff. God wants to give you a kingdom. He wants, he's got this feast in which he wants you to live. Uh, you know, because this is the gospel, I thought, well, may as well tell them right at the beginning. And you see, what happened was then when they repented and were born again, they immediately started to live in the feast. We were living in revival. Because that's what revival is. It's living in the feast. And so you see, you know, the miracles and you see many, many people come into the Lord. That's the fruit of what God has done because a group of people enter into the feast. You impact so many other lives. That makes your life count, doesn't it? I mean, don't you want your life to count for something? Just to know that by the time you meet Jesus face to face on the day of judgment, that many other lives have been impacted. No matter what, no matter what your the nature of your ministry. We've seen the varieties of calling, but the same spirit. But so many other people have been impacted by the love, the life, the power of God that has flowed out of your life because you've been living in the feast. So, God has been doing a progressive work in our hearts all through this week. And then he says to me this afternoon, everything is now ready. I thought, everything is now ready. That's what he says in that parable. And you see, I've told you before, when God says something to you, go to the scriptures and see what the scriptures say about what he said. So I thought, right, okay, Lord, I get it. Everything is now ready, so we'll use that parable tonight. He says, yes, but read on. (laughs) It's not just the parable. Read on about what I say about disciples. Because this is together in Scripture. Because they belong together. In, In the NIV... There's a section about the parable. Then there's a heading, the cost of discipleship. And then there's the, the text continues. But of course, the cost of discipleship was not in the original manuscript. That's just there for the convenience of people searching the scriptures for whatever they want to know. But in the original, it's just a continual narrative. So the parable just goes straight into this teaching on the cost of discipleship. The thinking is all one. It's not two separate subjects. It's one subject. That Jesus is expounding. So we take it as one tonight. Is that okay? And... We say, Lord, 
if everything is ready, yes, you prepared the feast, but you've been getting us ready for the feast. Huh? Hasn't he? I mean, he's been doing a lot of good stuff, some deep stuff in our lives this week. It's been a no-nonsense week, but hasn't it been a great time? Thank you for your enthusiasm. (laughs) But it has. It's been a really significant time. I know that because I've been this way several times before, so I know more or less where we are now in, you know, the unfolding of God's purposes. So everything is ready. I'm, these next few days, these next few weeks, <laughs> I mean, come on. Come on, come on, come on. It, it's everything, everything is just going to become more and more and more wonderful. Praise God. It's all right, I'm free. You may not be free, but I'm free. <laughs> I'm free. Hallelujah. Is this good or is this good? So, you know, we make the decision. But I think because of the work that God has been doing in your heart, it's not too difficult a decision to make, is it? Mm Mm-hmm. Perhaps some of you were reluctant to come to Bible college because you were afraid that this would happen. (laughs) And that Jesus would lay claim to your life so that he becomes number one. Well, he is number one. Whether you acknowledge it or not, he is always number one. So, the interesting thing is this. That what Jesus is suggesting when he's saying, you know, you mustn't prefer your mother, father, husband, wife, and so on, uh, above yourself. What he's, he's really suggesting is that you are going to Be so blessed simply because he is your Lord. Because that's what it means, you see, to prefer him. That you don't just call him Lord. Remember Jesus said, why do you call me Lord yet do not do what I say? And he said, not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father, who is in heaven. And so, what Jesus is saying in this preferring others before yourself is your affection for God is greater than your love of self. Your affection, I don't mean emotion, but your affection, the way you regard, the way you honor, the way you desire the best for others, your affection for them is greater than your love of self. That has to be God. 
working in our hearts, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. And you know, I, I was talking to you guys this, afternoon, this morning about what happens when God, you really meet with God in his holiness. And you see, what he shows you at times like that is just how great your self-love is without realizing it. How deep your concern about yourself is. And he, he knows that that, that that just has to be dealt with. It, it has to go in order that his best purposes can then be revealed in our lives. You know, I was talking to you about the hours when we were pinned to the floor. What, what was he doing in that time? Well, that's what he was doing in that time. And, and at the end of it, you know, you feel so clean, you feel so whole, you, you feel so free. Because what, what God has actually been doing was setting us free from ourselves. We had repented in every way possible that we knew in the five weeks before, as I explained. But then God dealt with self. And we've, we found ourselves being set free of, in all kinds of ways in which we didn't even realize we needed to be set free. But that's God desiring the best for us. Even though we couldn't understand ourselves what that best actually meant. Are you understanding me? And, and, and this is because, you see, he loves you. And, and if you love with agape, love with God's love, of course God loves with God's love. Did you know that? Yeah. Well, God loves with God's love. So he always desires the best for his children. And the reason why Jesus says things like this is he knows that we're robbing ourselves of the best when we prefer anything or anyone above him. We're actually robbing ourselves. We're denying ourselves. The enjoyment of the feast, of the spiritual feast that he intends in his love for all of his children. So, you know, God is doing good things now. He's, he's been doing good things in these last few months. He's doing good things in the church. He's doing good things in, in kingdom faith. But, you know, nothing compared with what he wants to do. How he wants to, to take hold of our lives in a much greater way, in a much more significant way. And then we're going to see harvest. But listen, are you, you, you still with me? Because yeah. listen, 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 you see. What will happen is when we're in the feast and we see people come to the Lord, they'll come straight into the feast. They'll come from nowhere straight into the feast. Because we're living in the feast. You see, when, when somebody gets saved and, and, and they come into a church, they share the life, they share the dynamic 
of what God is doing in that church. So if we're living in the feast, everybody who gets saved comes straight into the feast. Mind you, they will be really saved. And, and we've, seen, we've seen the depth of repentance of people that have recently been baptized, have come to the Lord. So that's a good indication, you know, that we have been, God has been taking us in the right direction, as you would expect. But, oh, I'm looking forward to people coming straight into the feast because we're living in the feast. But, but the point is this. When that happens, you won't have to go searching for people. You won't stop them coming because the word will get around. The word will get around not because of what people say, say, but because of what they see in people that are being saved. Their friends, their relatives will see something that is so wonderful. They will want to be part of it. And that's how this vision God has given us of 5,000 households being saved. That that actually, that's, that's, that's not... That's not even a big objective when you're living in the feast. I mean, you would say, well, of course. But you see, the households, it'll be whole families, it'll be whole households, because it'll just, it'll just need one in the household to come into the feast, and everybody else in the household will want to be part of the feast. And you see, this is what you see happening in the Acts of the Apostles. Like the jailer, Right? The whole household believed and came to the Lord one evening. Hallelujah. And incidentally, let me just say this in brackets. You know, some people say, ah, that that justifies infant baptism. No, 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 it doesn't. Oh, but the whole household believed. Yes, but if you look, it says in the scripture, the whole household believed. And babies can't believe. Amen. So don't don't get trapped by that one. But that's just a little aside. Just file it away because it'll be useful one day. It'll be useful one day. Praise God. Okay. Are we all here? So we're going to enter into the feast. And just as the father took the prodigal, the father's going to take us into the feast. Right? Spirit of God is going to cause this to happen because everything is ready. I'm, I want to say I'm ready. But what I've learned from experience is actually we're never really ready. <laughs> it's always going to take the mercy and the grace of God. Uh-huh. But, you know, I want that. Do you want that? And I acknowledge, Jesus, you are my first love. My affection for you is greater than my affection for anything or anyone else. Amen? I'm accepting your invitation. 
I've counted the cost. And I've decided, yes, I want to live in the feast. Now, not waiting till I die. I want the feast now. Because the kingdom of heaven is within me now. So I want to live in the good of the kingdom now. The glorified Christ is in me now. So I want to see more of the life of the glorified Christ in me now. Scripture even says the Father is in me now. I am in the Father and the Father in me. Just read what it says in 1 John 3 and you'll understand that. So that all the love of the Father and the power of God is in me. And as I come into the feast, more and more and more of that heavenly life, of that glorified Christ, of of the power and the presence of God is going to be revealed in my life. Yippee! Hallelujah! Come on, let's stand up and come into the Praise God. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Popaparasandaria leto bakala sato bakala sita. Paparasandaria leto bakala sato bakala sita di santa. Oh, paparasandaria leto bakala sita di santaria leto bakala sita. Yes! Oh, yes, 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 Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 Oh, paparazandaria, lero bacala, sita di sangue. Oh, paparazandaria, lero bacala, sita di sangue. Yes, 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 yes. 
Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, paparazandaria, letro bacalazitri sandoma. Oh, paparazandaria, letro bacalazitri sandoma. Oh, paparazandaria, letro bacalazitri sandoma. Oh, Hallelujah. 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 Oh, hallelujah. 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 Oh, 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 Jesus, 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 Jesus. Oh Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Oh Jesus, 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 Jesus. Papa Papara Zandari Alero Bakalasituri Sanduma. Oh 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 Papara Zandari Alero Bakalasituri Sanduma. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Papa Papara Sandaria Lero Bacalasito. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, hallelujah. Oh. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. 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 
praise you, Lord. Oh, come on. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Now, can you say to the Lord, Lord, I've accepted your invitation to the feast. Not just when you die, you see, but now. Because God wants you to share in his heavenly life now. To be a witness of that life in the world. His kingdom come. His will done on earth. Now you see, after that parable of the banquet, the scripture says large crowds were traveling with him with Jesus and turning to them he said if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father who did he say this to his select disciples no to the large crowds he knew that some of them were just following him for the miracles for the healings for their own selfish desires and he was saying well, you might follow me because the things you see me doing, but I want disciples. And if you're going to be my disciple, your affection for me, your love for me, will be greater than your affection for anyone else. So can you make that decision also? Lord, I choose, I choose you to be the first love of my life. To love you above everyone and everything else. You're my number one. You are my number one. To love him, Jesus says, more than yourself. more than your soul life because your new identity is now in Christ isn't it 
so. Can you say to him? Lord, I choose to love you more than I love myself. That's what I want, Lord. I want you to work that in me. If it's, if it's not real in my life and experience now, I want you to work that in me, to bring me to the place where I love you more than others, but I love you even more than I love myself. That I'm concerned for your will and your purpose to be outworked in my life more than I'm concerned about any desires of my own, any wishes I have for my own life. Jesus talks about the cost, doesn't he? The man building the tower and so on. So can you say to the Lord, Lord, I realize that the feast is so much greater than the cost of being a disciple. And I want to live in the feast, Lord. I want to be a witness of the feast. I want the riches of the feast to be revealed in my life and through my life so that all the lives of the others around me, every life I touch, gets touched by the feast. Gets touched by the riches that you're pouring into my life and pouring through my life for the good of others, for the benefit of others. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That all the manifestations of your spirit in my life will be for the common good. For the good of others. That I will lay down my life for others so that they can come to know you and enjoy the feast. Hallelujah. Oh, praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. You see, these, these are decisions. They're not emotional responses. People can make emotional responses to the word and they never last. But when you make decisions with your will now you've got to see the outworking of the decisions but at least those decisions can then bear fruit in your life hallelujah thank you Jesus so you've chosen to be a disciple, to follow him, to take up your cross, whatever that's going to involve. It doesn't matter what it involves. And you're going to follow him.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Papara Sandara Basantama. Oh, Papara Sandaria, let Opacala Sidri Santama. 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 O papara zandari alero pakala sitri sandana O papara zandari alero pakala sitri sandana O papara zandari alero pakala sitri sandari alero pakala sitri sandana O papara zandari alero pakala sitri What I what I didn't tell you students this morning when I was talking to you about revival is right at the beginning of that move of God he said, he said to me, this is the foretaste of the feast that is to come. It will only last for a limited period of time, but the feast will last for years. And I believe that God is <laughs> saying everything is ready for the feast. And this feast is going to last not just for three years, but for many years. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Papa para sandaria lero pakala sitri sandana. Oh, papa para sandaria lero pakala sitri sandana. Oh, papa para sandaria lero pakala sitri sandana. Thank you, Jesus. Now, all, all week, God has been dealing with us, especially with our soul life, bringing us into the greater surrender. And I said to you, there's two things that are necessary, you know, for entering into the feast. The first is that surrender. The second is the faith. So we believe that God has given to us by his Spirit the life of the glorified Christ, all the spiritual blessings of heaven, the love and power of the Father. Amen. We believe, therefore, that by the grace of God, we're going to download, we're going to see more and more and more of that life being poured into our lives. Yes, yes. We're... So we're going to take hold of that life and we're going to use it. We're going to see it bearing fruit in our lives. We're going to see, you are going to see, you personally are going to see the life, the love, the power of God working through you in greater ways than you've ever seen in the past, doing the same things as Jesus and greater things still. Listen, 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 listen. What did Jesus say? Anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing. And greater things still 
because I go to the Father. Greater things still when I go to heaven. Why? Because when I go to heaven, all of this, the glorified Christ, the riches of the kingdom of heaven, and all the life and power of the Father will become yours. Then you would do even greater things. Spirit is poured out. Hallelujah. You a believer? Then the word of God over your life is you're going to do the same things as Jesus, and you're going to do greater things still. Amen. 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 Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, ho, ho. Oh, ho, ho. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Papara Zandaria Lero Bakalazidaba. Oh, Papara Zandaria Lero. Now, the, the scripture says you have the anointing from the Holy One. You're already anointed, but the anointing is going to increase. Why? Because, like Jesus, you're going to keep downloading. You know, I explained to you how Jesus kept downloading. He lived in fellowship with the Father in heaven so he could keep downloading every day of his, every, every day of his ministry. The life of heaven could be manifested through him because he stayed in that place of submission to his Father. And so the life of the Father and the words from the Father just flow through his life. It's going to be like that with you. Come on, it's going to be like that with you. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, 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 yes. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Popa para Santaria Lero Bacalazander. Oh, Papara Santaria Lero Bacalazidaba. Oh, Papara Santaria Lero Bacalazidaba. Heaven's life is going to be revealed in your life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Papara Santaria Lero Bacalazidaba. Papara Zandaria Lero Bacalazida de Sandama. Oh, Papara Zandaria Lero Bacalazida. Oh, Papara Zandaria Lero Bacalazida de Sandama. Oh, Papara Zandaria Lero Bacalazida de Sandama. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Oh, come on. Come on, Lord. Come on, Lord. Oh, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Oh, Papara Zandaria Lero Bacala Zandarama. Oh, Papara Zandaria Lero Bacala Zidarizandama. Oh, Papara Zandaria Lero Bacala Zidama. Oh, Papara Zandaria Lero Bacala Zidama. So can you say, Lord, I want your holiness in my life. He is our holiness, right? So I want your holiness. Your holiness, Lord. The holiness of the glorified Christ. I want more of your holiness in my life. I want your righteousness in my life. I want your redeeming power. In my life. Because you are my holiness. You are my righteousness. You are my redemption. 
Popa para Santaria Leto Bacala Santaria Leto Papara Santaria Leto Bacala Sida. So, Lord, I, I love what you love and hate what you hate. You remember what the scripture says? It was the anointing of the oil of joy that was upon Jesus. Why? Because he loved righteousness and hated iniquity. So, by the Holy Spirit, we will love what God loves. Yes. Amen. And hate what God hates. We don't want anything in our lives that God hates. Is that right? Oh, we say no to anything that God hates. It doesn't belong to our lives. Because our citizenship is in heaven. It's not that our citizenship will be in heaven. Our citizenship is now in heaven. Come on. Our citizenship is in heaven. Our citizenship... Our citizenship is in the feast. It's in the feast. Oh, oh. Praise you, Jesus. 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 Oh, yes, 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 yes. Wow, 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 wow. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Oh, remember what he said to us this morning. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. See, in the feast, we're yoked with Jesus. He takes all the strain. Takes, there's no striving because his, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Amen. And he said, we will find rest for our souls. There won't be the striving of the soul, trying to make ourselves something, trying to serve the Lord or do something out of our soulish endeavor. No, no, no. Yoked with Jesus. We're yoked with Jesus. We're yoked with Jesus. He takes the strain. He gives the direction. Because we are yoked with him. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. I said, 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 praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. 
Oh, Papara Zandari, Elera Bakalasi, the Balanda. Thank you, Lord. It doesn't matter where I have been, it's where I'm going that matters. It's where I'm going that matters. It's where you're going to lead me. It's where you're going to take me. That's what matters. That's what matters. I'm in the feast with you, Lord. I'm in the feast with you, Lord. I'm in the feast with you, Lord. I'm in the feast. I'm not waiting for the feast. I'm in 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 the feast. Pura la basataria lero bacalasito di sandaria lero bacalasito. Oh. Oh, Lord, 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 you're so good, you're so good, you're so good, you're so good. You're so, so good. You're so good, you're so good. You're just so good. You're so good, you're so good, you're so good. You're so good, you're so good. You're so good, Lord. You're just so good. Oh, you know, I believe the Lord is saying, you're going to pack a powerful punch. <laughs> you're going to knock a lot of people out. In the spirit. In the spirit. The power of God. The power of God. Is going to flow out of your lives. Come on, believe it. Believe it. Believe it. Believe it. Believe it. Papa Papara Sandaria Lero Bacalasita. When you when you pray for people, the power of God is going to come upon them. The power of God is going to come upon them. because the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk but a power a power oh. and Jesus said when the spirit comes upon you the power of God will come upon you you will receive power so the more the Spirit comes upon you, the more power. Hallelujah. Not for yourself, but for those who will be recipients of that power. 
Amen. Those who will benefit. I can see mountains moving, can't you? I can see mountains moving. Oh, papara sandaria leto pakala sita di sandama. Oh, papara sandaria leto pakala 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 sandama. Oh, papara sandaria leto Sunday evening, you go and impact Burgess Hill. Just you being there and praying, ministering to whoever else comes, but impact. You're going to have impact wherever you go. Impact Burgess Hill. Sign up, get on the minibus, go and impact. Burgess Hill. Something is going to break out in Burgess Hill. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, papara sandaria, lero bakala sitri sandima. Oh, papara sandaria, lero bakala sitri sandima. Oh, father, 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 father. Oh, papara sandaria, lero bakala sitri sandima. O papara sandaria lero pakala sitri sandama O papara sandaria lero pakala sitri O papara sandaria lero pakala sitri sandama Papara sandaria lero pakala sitri sandama Bastagalaria lero pakala sitri sandama O papara sandaria lero pakala sitri sandama Thank you Jesus Thank you Jesus Thank you Jesus Oh, hallelujah. Let's just be still for a moment. Oh, Lord. My Lord and my God. My Lord and my God. My Lord and my God. I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me.
I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times, what is still to come. I say, my purpose will stand, and I will do all that I please. What I have said, that will I bring about. What I have planned, that will I do. I am bringing my righteousness near. It is not far away. And my salvation will not be delayed. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen? To loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke. To set the oppressed free and break every yoke. Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? when you see the naked to clothe him and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. Then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, Here am I. Your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. O papara sandalia let o bacala sitri santuma. 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 
O papara sandaria lero pakalasita di sandaria lero pakalasinama. O papara sandaria lero pakalasinama. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you watch over your word to perform it. Thank you that we're going to see the fulfillment of everything that you've promised, everything that you have spoken over our lives personally, everything you've spoken over Kingdom Faith corporately. We're going to see the outworking of all these things. And Lord, this is only day three of the term. And you've done so much in three days. But Lord, we want you to go on working. Oh, Lord. Bring us right through to your very best. We see your best purposes being outworked in our lives for the glory and honor and praise of your name. So we bless you, Lord. Come on, let's thank the Lord, shall we? Let's thank the Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. What a God. I've just got that little bubble of joy within me. You know, it sort of bubbles up and you think, yes, yes. Oh, it can only get better and better and better from this point. Amen. Amen. He's got such great things planned for us. Praise God. We're going to see the unfolding and the outworking of all of them. Bless your holy name, Lord. Have a good night's sleep. Come eager to meet with God in the morning. Amen. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I don't want to stop, but I'll, I'll let you go. I'll just rejoice in the car on the way home. Praise God. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.